it's nothing better than reading a great script. You know, you look at it and you go, oh, I'd love to do it. You're excited. But, you know, there's also a lot of poo out there. So <laughs> you want to, you know. Hello and welcome to the Danjo Film Show, episode 55, halfway through 60, ladies. As always, I'm joined by my player in crime. If we were prison inmates, I'd snuggle with him all night. It's Joe Richards. Oh, hello, hello. That's a lovely introduction. Can I just ask as well, if we ever did go to prison, okay, and then you open the door to your cell and we were having bunk beds and I was there, what would genuinely be your reaction? I'd be okay with it. I would yeah. probably take the top bunk. Would you rather be on the bottom bunk or the top bunk? I do wet the bed sometimes. So you, you go on the top. <laughs> right, okay. You wet the bed sometimes. <laughs> when I'm nervous and I think if I ever went to prison and I heard all the all the, pe- all the prisons outside and you know what happens in prisons, they've got knives and drugs and all sorts, corruption. I think I'd get so nervous that my bladder would just give way. <laughs> I think I'd be more worried about the sweat. You're a very sweaty oh, yeah. person. True. So I think just this, just the amount of sweat, which would probably be seeping down through mm. the mattress onto me, I think Se- that sexy. definitely would make it more valid for me yeah. to take the top bunk. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd just be lying there and there'd be a little drip on your, on your face. You'd be like, oh, it touched me. It'd be like Japanese water torture, you know, when they just yes. have the water constantly dripping on you. That's mm. what it would be like, just but just with your sweat. Lovely picture for our listeners there. That's great. But how have you been, brother? How's everything going? Yeah, all good. I had my nephew on the weekend. Yes. Which was lovely. And uh, yeah, we went to see Sing 2, which is one of the films that we're going to be talking about today, which I'm excited to talk about. He was great. His name's George. Uh, I had him on the Saturday. We went to Cardiff Museum. We went to uh, the cinema, as I said, and then we chilled out of mine and we we watched, uh, he wanted to watch The Amazing Spider-Man. So he watched that, which I haven't seen in a few years. So that was quite good. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, on the Sunday, we went for breakfast, a walk around the park, and um, I sent him on his merry way Sunday. So a little bit tired Sunday night, mm-hmm. a little bit exhausted, a little bit uh, black and blue, because he's a very kicky sleeper and he kicked mm-hmm. me in my head and other various body parts all through the night but otherwise i'm all good thank you very much how are you feeling how are you doing i'm doing very very well yeah almost halfway through the term halfway we're nearly there um counting down the days it is bad at this point in my career that i start the term and i go oh there's oh, there's only see something days left till half term <laughs> and this time i did it right at the start like literally the first day we got back and i was like well, I said to my, my my department, come on, guys, only 68 days to go. Come on, come on, people. <laughs> yeah. You just get through it. You get through it with coffee. You get through it with um, like carnation um, biscuits. You get it through with it with M&S, lovely little um, swirly biscuits. Oh, delicious. So that is the life of a teacher, really, just coffee. I guess the kids kind of inspire you. They, you know, they, I guess they leave an, leave an impact. You do it for them, don't you? Yeah, so, yeah I suppose. Um, I and, suppose. And halfway through through the term so that must mean you've been back in work for is it two weeks or 
Yeah, it, it feels like four months, but it's been three weeks. Three weeks. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, three weeks, and then we got another just under three left, and then Feb half term, and I kind of believe it. And I get, I'd get, tell you right now, Joe, the summer holidays will be here before you know it. Like we said last year, it went so quick last year. And yeah, I think this, this is going to be the same as well. And um, looking forward to this, this year, looking for what we've got planned on the show too. It's going to be fun. Yeah, well, we've got an exciting show lined up today, actually, haven't we? So why don't you tell our lovely listeners what they've got in store today? I will, you lucky bunch. We don't do things in ones, we do them in twos. So we had a great interview last show. This show, we're interviewing Craig Fairbrass, who you'll know from Rise of the Foot Soldier. One, two, three, four, and you guessed it, five. So yeah, got a chance to chat to him and really exciting about his brand new film. Let's start with some reviews, shall we, Joe? And the first film we have to talk about, oh, I'm doing a French accent now, I suppose to Spanish, is Parallel Mothers. Parallel Mothers, yeah, you do sound very French when you were doing that. It was, I can't can't help it. Um, So Parallel Mothers, yeah, which um, stars Penelope Cruz. She's been a busy girl, two films in a month. Yes, um, I'd I'd forgotten about the 355 until you brought it up. How how on earth could that happen? I mean, I've had dreams of it ever since, to be honest. Well, I know you did. I think you gave it, what, (laughs) five stars? (laughs) Um, so this is Pedro Almodovar's latest film, isn't it? So if you love subtitles and Penelope Cruz, you're in for a treat here, aren't you? You very much are, yes. So yes, it's uh, Parallel Mothers. Uh, Penelope Cruz uh, plays Janice, so named after Janice Joplin, who if you keep up with current events, you'll know is threatened to leave Spotify recently due to uh, Joe Rogan. So I thought that was a nice little uh, weird peculiarity there. She plays Janice. At the beginning of the film, she's a photographer. She is taking photographs of a uh, man who is basically like an excavator. He um, goes around the country. Um, Bit of a a B-Tech Javier Bardem. Um, He goes around the country excavating uh, graves and everything like that. Now, uh, Penelope Cruz's character um, has got family who were killed during the Spanish Civil War and their bodies have sort of been lost and just left buried unmarked in her hometown. They meet, they quickly spark a romance, which ends up in her becoming pregnant. Um, And we fast forward... I know, naughty boy. B-Tech, Javier Bardem. We fast forward nine months down the road uh, where she meets uh, Milena Smith's uh, Anna, also pregnant, a lot younger, late teens, and um, the two immediately hit it off. They form a relationship at this hospital. They exchange phone numbers, addresses, and usually when that happens, you think that other person is definitely never going to call or show up at my house. But you're so wrong in this case, the two form a relationship, and what follows is an constantly escalating melodrama about the two mothers, their two children, and that's all I can really say without giving anything else away. And I don't want to give anything else away, really, because there were a lot of moments through this film where uh, my jaw was on the floor, you might say. No. They were. They yeah, it was. Joke. Yeah, you know, it's classic Amaldova, like pure sort of melodrama, you know, a lot of plot lines and twists and turns, which you think 
wow, really? It, it went there? So I don't want to give much more away because I do feel it will take away from the sort of thrill of watching the film and seeing how that uh, story escalates. Uh, what I can say is that it's got two terrific performances from the two leading ladies obviously Penelope Cruz you know she's a safe bet anyway um, unless she's in the 355 but even in that she was good to be fair I thought she was quite strong in that so she's great but I I particularly loved uh, Milena Smith's uh, performance as uh, Anna the story of her and her pregnancy I thought was really handled well and and tenderly um, because you know that's got sort of a darker side to it than Janice's story to say the least um so you've got two brilliant performances at the heart of this film but also the visuals I mean the visuals are just amazing I'm a big fan of Almodovar he is one of the most colorful vibrant filmmakers working today I do think we live in a day and age now where a lot of films I mean we're talking about Violent Man shortly which which is very dark uh, intentionally so but the cinematography is so bleak and so dark and a lot of films are like that these days I find that you know there's a lot of browns and grays um, and not a lot of color so it was nice like a burst of vibrancy uh sat down watching this film for two hours you know the the color palettes the reds the bright reds it's really wonderful and beautiful and lovely to watch all the way through i just thought it was solid it's not almodova's best by any means i don't think people will be uh you know talking about this uh years to come but it is still strong Almodovar. It's got all the twists, all the melodrama of, you know, an EastEnders soap centered by two amazing performances and really lovely visuals. So if you're a fan of the director, you're not going to go far wrong um, by seeking this out. I thought it was solid. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Lovely, lovely, lovely stuff there. I was trying to think of the words. Oh, yeah. gracias, gracias, Del Moro. I've just been trying to speak Spanish now. I, I was going to be, I was going to say très bien, but I was like, oh no, that's French again. Yeah, well, oh, you well. are very French, though. You are very. I am. French. I am. Don't know. I wear my beret. I got my baguette. I look like a Pizza Express waiter when I'm at home. You know, I'm cool. I'm French by blood. You know. <laughs> Uh, that sounds lovely. Yeah, well up for that. I, I mean, I'm glad I didn't watch that and Violet Man back to back. That would have been a bit too much. Heavy on the stomach, you know what I mean? Yeah. It would have been a very strange juxtaposition of the two films in terms of their visual styles and everything. And tonally, you know, I mean, even, you know, this is melodrama to the max. It's campy. Uh, it has got, you know, a sort of cheeky sense of humour, which we which we sort of expect from the filmmaker, whereas a Violent Man not very funny not very sort of cheeky to be honest quite dark quite grim so yeah would have been a hell of a double bill that's for sure dan definitely well let's uh, move on now to a violent man this is directed by ross mccall and of course craig fairbrass is in this we'll be chatting to him in just a little bit also starring Stephen um odebola and jason fleming our good pal who pops in now and then he pops in this cell and like joe said there uh, this is actually a really kind of dark dark sort of, uh, feel to it very different to craig's other films other gangster british films he plays the guy called steve mackelson he's a dangerous prisoner he's been incarcerated for a double murder which i'm not going to go into because that is kind of part of his backstory and he's sent to this maximum security prison 
and he knows that he's going to be in this prison till he dies basically so he's got nothing to lose he's a man on the edge and uh, he struggles against redemption he is contacted by his um solicitor or lawyer who basically claims that a family member of his wants to get back back in touch and wants to reconnect with him um, and he's really not sure or while that's going on about um, a young black gang member enters his cell they share the cell together and he befriends him and they spark up an unlikely friendship here's a clip we're not set up to break you we're here to rehabilitate How long did I give you? Seven. Your only decision from now on is what type of prison you want to be. What is it with this kid? <laughs> Just reminds me of me. Bird's rough, innit? Makes you jumpy and shit. You got anything with nothing? The truth is, Frank, I'm a violent man. Tula, stock carving, prove your stones. I got iron in the blood. I would take a life like you, John McHugh. Please, man. Please, man, what? I think you've got some serious decisions to make. Survive how you can. Can we rule out another attack? I ain't worried. It isn't about his safety, and it isn't about yours either. It's about theirs. All right, all right. It's cousins across. It's all I got. I'd rather they kill me than have them push my family around. There's the other part. <laughs> If there are any more incidents, allegations, <laughs> Silver. Don't, 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 mate. Don't, don't. That was a clip there from A Violet Man and Craig Fairbrass on top form again. And I think the one thing to point out is this: this is a very different role for him compared to his other roles in Rise of Foot Soldier and Villain. A lot more subdued. It's a lot more subtle and stripped back. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic in this. This is kind of like definitely what I wanted to see, qualities of his acting. You know, there isn't a lot of dialogue in this. He doesn't speak too much. He kind of lets it all weigh on his body language and how, you know, his facial expressions, the eye contact. Scenes you're like, come on, speak, mate, speak. But he doesn't. And um, he's just fantastic in this. I really kind of sympathizes is a strong word but you're voted about him because he's a really horrible person like he's done unspeakable things and there's just a, such a great scene in the film where he's talking to jason fleming and he's saying that i don't feel anything when i kill someone he kept you know kept saying that you know people want me to feel something and i don't and he said i've tried really hard and i think at the heart of this this is a film about masculinity but also about aggression about you know violence at its core and what causes it and what really it's about and i thought it was a really interesting filmmaking point of view for that out of his set pretty much all inside the prison cell uh, which i wasn't expecting at times that works really well that can build a lot of claustrophobia for me it didn't quite do that for me because there are many scenes where lots of characters come into the cell and out again so for me i would have loved it if they just left the cell to be honest because if it was a case where he was trapped in isolation in this cell fine but like i said they open the door many times in different scenes they've got different characters coming in and out so for me i would have loved to love to see band throughout the prison and show us you know other places but i thought you know the, you know the film was great it's dark like Joe said, you know, there's not a lot of humour here. Um, it is really brutal uh, and 
and violent. Uh, and I will just say, like, if you're you're in for some strong language with this one, you know, Craig Fairbrass style, he doesn't. He looks at a script and says, right, how many effing and Jeffins do I have to do? So yeah, didn't disappoint me on that. Um, I just felt like they could have developed the location a bit better. And also, like, you know, there isn't a whole lot of action to it. It is a lot of conversational scene. Um, but I've got to say, I think Craig Fairbrass steals the show. He carries the weight of this film, the emotional weight. And I think it is one of, if not his best performance to date. So, yeah, definitely go and check it out. It is being released in cinemas uh, on a limited release. And it's also on digital. But what did you think, mate? I agree wholeheartedly. I was really shocked, actually, by how much I enjoyed it. I thought it was surprisingly introverted in terms, like, like very internal in terms of the subject matter, which is something that you wouldn't necessarily expect from a Craig Fairbrass film. You know, we've seen him so much in, in, in Rise of the Foot Soldier. That franchise has done incredibly well. And, you know, they, they keep making them as a result of it because they're very popular. And we, we used to see him play a particular type of person in that film. And, um, you know, in, in a lot of other roles that, that he plays as well. So it was really refreshing to see him doing something different, something more internal, something like you said, which is more about the body language than sort of just going around calling everybody the C word. There is that there. Yep. Um, so if you are a fan of though that sort of thing then you know there is that element there for you the, the you know there is there is the fighting there are you know the stabby punchy moments the brutality that you would sort of expect from rise of the foot soldier or or a prison drama and there were some moments throughout it which properly shocked me and especially the ending you know without giving too much away i was shocked um, by that ending but I understand what you're saying about the the changing of the locations completely that didn't bother me as much I think because obviously it was shot over lockdown or COVID I assume I think they had to probably make do with with what they had and when you compare it to something like Confession which we talked about last week or, or on our show where again it was one location I felt that it didn't utilize that space well enough. Whereas with this, I thought the one location actually worked really well because it adds to the claustrophobia. It adds to this, you know, this man sort of caged beast, sort of the walls closing in. And you sort of feel that as, as the film goes on, that the walls are sort of closing in around him as the film progresses. And you've got all these people coming in and out into his space. So I, for me, the one location thing really worked and I thought it was a really clever use of location compared to some other films. And I think the script is there and I think that's, that's a big reason why it works is because it's creative in what they do with exploring his psyche, you know, the, the, the conversations with ghosts from his past about the, maybe the potential causes to why he is the way he is. I thought that was all really well done actually. And I thought, like you said, Craig Fairbrass does give, a really strong performance probably like i said one of if not the best performance it's probably the best i've ever seen him in i mean i'll always have a soft spot for cliffhanger okay he's great in that but yeah. this i thought you know he gets a real chance to show his acting chops and you can just tell he embraces it and he really sort of runs with it and enjoys that sort of challenge and, and that opportunity to show 
what he can do. So for me, I was really surprised by this. I wasn't expecting much going in, I'm not going to lie. But I left feeling very satisfied. I thought it was a strong performance um, at its centre, um, really claustrophobic, solid prison drama, which does have those shocking moments, but also isn't afraid to take a step back and focus on the on the internal and and focus on character development, which you know is not often the case when it comes to things like Rise of the Foot Soldier. So, like I said, if if you can see it on a big screen, great. I don't think it's necessary to see it on the big screen, although we obviously we do support cinemas. But if you know it's a very limited release, but it is available on digital, as you said. So definitely do check it out, especially if you're a fan of Craig Fairbrass. That was brilliant, yeah. So, like we said, we got a chance to sit down with down with Craig Brass to discuss all about his brand new film, A Violent Man. We talked about what attracted him to, him to the role, uh, filming under COVID conditions, um, and also any future project he's got coming up. Here it is. We're now joined lead star of A Violent Man. You may know him from uh, the Foot Soldier series and Villain, which is currently on Netflix. Uh, please welcome Craig Fairbrass. Craig, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for inviting me on. Very kind of you. Very welcome, very welcome, Craig. Welcome, Craig. Um, let's say this right now. I, I absolutely adore a violent man. Uh, you know, it's you in a role that's very different from what we've from what we've seen you. It's very subdued, very stripped back, and back, and I, I absolutely loved it. Those who maybe haven't haven't seen the trailer, do anything about it. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the story and why why you signed on to the project? Well, I'll be I'll be I'll be really honest with you. Obviously. Bart Ruspoli, who is the main man at Ascendant Films, we did Villain together. And he said to me, listen, I've got this script. I want you to have a look at it. I read it. I said, it's really heavy. I mean, really heavy. I don't know. He said, I've got an idea. So I said, go on. He said, I'm just about to shoot this film, Boiling Point, with Stephen Graham. We're doing it all in one take. I was like, all right. He said, this, I want to do it all in one room. I went, that's impossible. You can't, it's impossible. He said, no, we're going to go to the studio. We're going to build the cell, ceiling out, wall out, floor out, doors out, this out. We can just do everything. So I was intrigued by that. And that is what sort of drew me to the project. I was like, this is a real challenge because I love a challenge. And we got an amazing DOP, Stefan Kupek. The script went out. Stephen Odebola joined the project from, you know, from Blue Story. He was a great find. And then all of a sudden, the project took life. Um, and we went away and, and, and we shot that film. It was a brutal shoot, but believe me, you know, because it was in lockdown, it was hot, mask, just difficult. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And Dan sort of referenced it earlier on. This is a very different role for you. We love the Foot Soldier films. We're used to seeing you in that sort of role i think one of the most surprising things about this is how internalized your performance is um so can you tell us a bit about that i mean the character you're playing isn't a nice man i mean this film's not called a nice man so how did you mentally prepare yourself to take on this role uh oh, that's a good question um it because it is a heavy duty piece and it's very very drama heavy very dialogue heavy Although I start the beginning of the film with not that much to say, but it goes into, as the film goes on, you know, it's a dramatic piece. It's tragic. And you, you, you meet this guy who's got this inner turmoil, the demons of prison, he's reflecting on his life. 
He's been institutionalized since he was a kid. He's killed his wife, killed her lover. He's killed a guy in prison. He's never getting out. And it's him coming to terms with the life that he's led and how he's got to this point, fighting against the system. And then right out of the blue, he gets this young new cellmate, this young black kid, who's a gang member, heavily involved, who he, who he sees attributes of himself in and just takes him under his wing, gets to know him and realises that, yeah, it, it's a real, it's such a deep piece. It really is, yeah. you know. And interesting what you were saying, I, I had to sort of learn all the material because I, I couldn't turn up on that set because there were so many people. It was so claustrophobic because that's what we tried to get, this feeling of claustrophobia and what it would be like to be banged up in this 10 by 8 cell. And I went away and I learned it like a play. I worked, I started six weeks before, I had all the dialogue in my head. So before I got there every day, some because we had such big scenes, like 10 pages, 12 pages long of dialogue, which eventually got, got cut down for the film. But we were very lucky. We had an amazing DOP, Stefan Kupek, who, who, who joined the project and we were blessed to have him. And we did a, in excess of a 135 setups, camera shots. And that camera never leaves that room. Mm. So that, and you don't really ever feel that because when I saw the film, I was actually, I was shocked at the fact that I never actually felt that. Yeah. It was so clever in what they did. No, you definitely. Know. You utilise the space really, yeah. really well there. Yeah. And, and it's um, beautifully shot. It's stylized. It's, you know, it's moving. It's, yeah. it's aggressive. It's violent, you know. Yeah, like it, it, what I thought was really impressive was 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 the moments of silence, and how those bursts of violence then just like are even more shocking because yeah. you know the this isn't you know a, an action piece I guess you've got the violence in there the the actiony yeah. bits in there, but when when the violence does happen it really takes you back because it's sudden and it's yeah. brutal. So that, you know, real. the balance room. Yeah, and exactly. And, you know, most violence in, in, in real life is sudden and brutal, quick and real. You know, yeah. it, it's it's over in seconds. With, with that in mind, did you do any research into the prison system before the, before the film? Did you speak to any sort of, you know, ex-convicts or, you know, ex-prisoners about their experiences? No, do you know what, I, you know, we've all got friends, we've all got mates, people we know. You know, I sort of briefly touched on it, but really as an actor, you go in there and you think, I'm pretending. How well can I pretend? You know, how real can I make this? How believable can I make it? And it's like you said, you know, my performance is is purposely suppressed. It's, it's very internalised. And I think you get a sense more of Steve and what he's really about with all of my scenes with Zoe Tapper, you know, who comes to see me as the, the brief about, you know, that's when you get a little bit more of an insight in these insecurities. But it was an enjoyable film to make. I know that. It was draining, but it was enjoyable. <laughs> that's good, yeah. that's good. You know, Ross McCall, the, the, the director and writer of this, you know, he's a switched on man, very film literate. And from the moment I met him, from the first second I met him, I'm, and I was always a fan of his work as an actor, I was just so pleased that he'd he'd written a script that was had depth to it, if you know what I'm trying to say. And he, he wanted it to be stylized because we've all seen a million prison films and they're all they can be a little bit of you know, much of a muchness, if you know what I'm trying to say. 
So we just tried to make this a little bit more different. And he stuck by his guns and he wanted this, he wanted this music, he wanted this shot, he wanted this, he wanted that. And we was in tune and, you know, we got it. And moving away briefly from A Violent Man, you're famous for taking, sort of taking on these these roles, you know, with like Rise of the Foot Soldier and, and A Violent Man. How, how do people react to you when they see you in public? Because, for example, Rise of the Foot Soldier, for example, massively popular, done incredibly well. And you must go out, you know, on a night out or whatever, and you must have guys coming up to you who are like fans of the series and fans of your work. Like how, do, are they a little bit frightened to approach no, you? <laughs> not at all. Um, I, I think, you know, you, you, there's two types of people. There are the people who just don't care and come up and then the people who go, you know, I think I'm a very approachable actor. You know, the stuff I do, you know, the material I do is because it's a bit geezery they like it but what I found really nice over the last I would say the last 10 years more so is the fact that what I've learned even from you know commercial films arty films or whatever what I've really learned is the fact that everybody appreciates a good film do you know what I'm saying it and and I get thousands of messages a week literally and I'm not exaggerating thousands of messages a week and when people do stop me, I stopped the other day, this morning, going out. I like it because most of them, it's about, I think you're really good actor, mate. I really think you're good at what you do. And that is, it's, it's beautiful to hear. Do you know what I mean? It's lovely to hear yeah. that they appreciate that you're doing a good job. Because obviously, if you weren't doing a good job and you weren't believable, you, you're you going to get the, you know, your shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's nice that they appreciate it. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, yeah, it's nice to definitely. Hear someone says you, you know they think you're good at what you do. Yeah, yeah. And Joe and I went to see the latest Foot Soldier film last year now in the cinema, and we had an absolute blast. And it was really, really packed in. There were loads of people in there, and yeah. I, I, I was like, this is great. We're watching cinema, firstly, because we were like, we were laughing at some of the jokes, and we were, and we were like, all the violent brutalness of it. Um, why do you think the Foot Soldier series, you know, has managed to go for years? Really, five films, five films could be more. From apart, do you think from um, other countless British films? I'm asked that constantly. There's definitely a fascination with crime. There's definitely a fascination with that Essex story. And there's a fascination with them three characters. You know, we all do our own different things. There's a chemistry between the three boys. And, you know, with every time we've took each film in a different direction, I, I just think they're an escape. They're, they're normal. They don't pretend to be anything they're not. They are what they are. You know, it's, it's violence, drugs, you know, people behaving in a way that you just can't behave now. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, and finally, Craig, have you got any other got any other future projects? What kind of work have you got this yeah, year? Got this no, year? I mean, up? obviously, it's been it's it's been tough. I did a little couple of days on a friend's film. My friend Roland, who plays Craig Ralph in Foot Soldier, he's got his directional debut coming out. It's a drama called The Sun Also Shines uh, Also Rises. I did three days on that for him because I love him. And um, <laughs> and basically, I've just been developing stuff. We've got four scripts that are, you know, working with the writers, getting them in, knocking them into shape to get right for the for the couple of more films, you know. Since Muscle and Villain and They're a Violent Man, it's just, it's difficult. It's hard finding good scripts, stuff that's just, just a bit original. And I suppose you're at that point in your career now where... You get to be 
a little bit picky and you don't you don't necessarily have to take you know every sort of job offer you're you're looking for that that yeah. right script yeah to be honest with you now you know the older i'm getting is the fact of you know a lot of stuff comes my way but it's nothing better than reading a great script you know you look at it and you go oh, i'd love to do it you're excited but you know there's also a lot of poo out there so you want to <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, you want to somehow keep the the wheels churning on the good gear. Yeah, definitely, fully. Yeah. Uh, Craig Geek for hours and hours, but honestly, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate, chatting to you. You best film of Violet Man. It's terrific. Thank Go you and watch it, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you yeah, yeah, loved it, loved it. And we, Joe and I said on the show, it's we think one of your best performances ever. Um, you know, we think it's been so. Again, thank you so much for chatting with us, this Craig. It's been a pleasure. No worries. Nice meeting you both. That was our interview there with Craig Fairbrass. What a lovely guy. I felt like I wasn't quite enough the geezer for him. I'm sure he, I'm not from Essex or London or anything like that, so I bet he could tell that. We're just Welsh boys trying our best, aren't we? But we but are. He was... But yeah, he was, he was absolutely lovely. And yeah, great to talk to because genuinely, we, I mean, we saw Rise of the Foot Soldier, Origins, mm. Mm. And we had such a fun time with that, didn't yeah. we? And we did, and we didn't get to review or talk about it on the show, but it would we could have spent the whole show talking about it because there's so many, you know, quotable moments in it. We were laughing, and like everyone else, I think was taking it really, really seriously. But oh, just some cracking scenes in that. And if you haven't seen it, oh, oh my god, get it now, get it on 4K, get it on HD, you know, get it on the biggest <laughs> screen you can. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is. It was such a fun time, and we we had such a blast with it in the cinema. So as soon mm. as we had the notification that we could potentially interview Craig Fairbrass, I was like, yes, like this, this is it. Like we we've we've just got to do it. And yeah, again, you know, I mean, it's you can't discredit the success of that series you know yeah. five films in and it's still as popular as ever it did really well at the box office considering you know covid and everything like that um so i wouldn't be surprised if we see more of them to be yeah. honest it could be the new fast and furious we could see nine and ten yeah i'd be up for that give it to me inject it into my veins <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank you again, Craig. And like we said, A Violet Man is available um, this Friday, uh, February 4th, on digital and in select select cinema. Uh, finally now, moving on to the last film we're going to talk about. Yeah, Sing 2. I have seen Sing 1. Wasn't a big fan of Sing 1. Couldn't believe they were doing a number 2, considering it's been like six years since well, the last Well, they have done number 1, Joe. I mean, they might as well do a number 2. Well, yeah, exactly. And... Um, this uh, tells the story of Buster Moon, played by Matthew McConaughey. You do oh, a good Matthew McConaughey yeah. impression. Go on. Hey, 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 Matthew, Matthew McConaughey here. <laughs> so good. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, so good, so good. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, everybody. I'll be accepting donations. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so uh, Matthew McConaughey plays Buster Moon, a koala bear from the first film uh basically the first film he obviously gathers a merry band of misfits creatures of all different sort of species uh johnny the gorilla you've got rosita the pig uh, played by reese witherspoon um you've got all sorts and he basically in the first film he gathers them uh, to put on a, a production and it's sort of like a very muppety sort of vibe to it uh, the story of them uh, of them uh, coming together to put on this show and obviously it features a lot of popular music sing to 
uh, basically picks up from seeing one. Obviously, the team are, are still performing. Uh, they're doing a like local sort of stage show, and they have um, somebody coming in to basically review the show with potentially them take them on tour uh, from there. Um, they get bad review, um, but Buster Moon, he's not having any of that. He basically rallies up the the gang it says yeah. we're gonna go to this uh, basically the animal version of las vegas and yeah. we're gonna go we're gonna do whatever it takes to put on a show they go they audition um and the only way they get accepted to put on this this big extravaganza is if they can go and get clay calloway a lion uh, who hasn't been seen in years, a very famous musician who hasn't been seen in years, voiced by none other than Bono. Um, oh, I know him. He's the one where his music just magically appeared on my phone. I didn't ask for it. <laughs> exactly, a magical musician. Um, oh, yes. So they go, and um, so basically from there, they are tasked with getting Clay Calloway, bringing him out of retirement um, so they can put on the show of a lifetime. Here's a clip. Honestly, if you could just give me some dance lessons, you would literally be saving my life. Wait, if you're on a real show, how come you don't have a choreographer? I do, but it turns out he's a massive weirdo. <coughs> and how do I know that you're not a weirdo? Hmm? How do I know that you're legit? Well, just come with me to rehearsal, see for yourself. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not just going to follow some guy I don't know to rehearsal. Well, how else am I supposed to prove that I'm legit? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been shaking. I love it when you go crazy. You take all my inhibitions, baby. There's nothing holding me back. You take me places that tie my reputation, manipulate my decisions, baby. There's nothing holding me back. I knew you were a weirdo. There's a clip there from Sing Two. Now this is a strange one because I was not looking forward to this at all wasn't a fan of the first one but more than that the trailer for sing 2 is one of the most bizarre trailers i think i've seen in quite some time and it was weird because a few weeks ago a film twitter critic posted a similar thing saying it's so strange that trailer just doesn't really like mesh together properly having seen the film I can confirm that that trailer is an absolute mess because the film is actually quite good and I was impressed with a lot of it. And what I was impressed with was the sort of threat which comes into play in the in the third act. Obviously, they uh, basically get this stage production by lying, saying they can get Clay Calloway. And the person, you know, the, the wolf in charge of this uh, production, the, the casino, is a bit of a gangster type guy slash Simon Cowell. And in the last half, when he finds out that essentially they've lied, there is an element of threat there and a lot of fun to be had with, you know, a scrappy sort of koala played by Matthew McConaughey trying to get out of this, you know, predicament that he's in. And it's got a real sort of snappy last act and colourful and, and really, like impressive moments in it you know there's a moment where i thought wow like as a kid this has probably had me on the edge of my seat 
none of that is in the trailer. The trailer is like this really sort of melancholic, like uh, really sad, like mm. um, overly emotional like yeah, vibe what, to it. I was going to say, because like watching it, it's so strange. You're right. It's so emotional and quite serious and, and not fun at all. Like exactly. it's... It, 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 he's telling the kids like don't bother with this honestly i haven't you're right and like kids trailers we see them all the time and they've just got to be colorful vibrant include a few couple jokes they've got to have like a pop soundtrack to it that's all we need to do that's all we need to do okay exactly exactly very simple yeah you're right honestly it made me want to go see a violent man again the trailer <laughs> And, and and that's it. Whoever was responsible for that trailer should get a stern sort of telling off. Um, I mean, maybe they were just convinced that it wouldn't matter, that people will just go out, families will go out and see it regardless. But I do think it, it lost a good proportion of the audience who might have gone to see it. Like if I hadn't had my nephew, I probably wouldn't have bothered to see it either um, because it looked so strange and so melancholy. So the fact that the the marketing company just completely missed that it, it's a zany, um, you know, like I said, snappy, colorful sort of third act is is unbelievable. You know, this isn't a serious franchise. I'm not sure if they're trying to like, copy you know like the marvel sort of thing of like trying to make things uber serious i don't think it has that much of a fan base where people are going to really care that much about the characters so it's a really strange one but like i said i had a surprising amount of fun with it the the pop songs I, a lot of them i i didn't really know um, but luckily, you know, you've got the U2 sort of hits towards the end uh, with, for, for, for the old Freddy Duddies like me, which, Duddies. Which, which, which meant I could at least partake um, in the last couple of songs. You know, it's got it's got the music, the the pop bangers there for, for you know, like the younger audience. Yes. Yeah. And I think I think it hits that all the ages really you know my my nephew george liked it for the colorful sort of gorilla and all that sort of thing then you've got like you know the slightly older kids who probably like the music and get a kick out of seeing an alligator sing you know Nicki minaj or something like that oh sign me up I, i'm exactly. done that Whoa. and then and then you've got you know me at the end who who appreciates the u2 stuff so shame on the marketing people because it it the trailers have not done it justice. Surprisingly entertaining. And I, yeah, I, I was, I really enjoyed it. Marketing people have seen to you, are going to get a smack bottom. All right. You'd be naughty, naughty boys. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say fire them, but you know, that's a bit harsh. Times are tough, but still just give them, just give them a telling off a little bit of a slap. Yeah. Just give them a gift basket and say, Oh, well, we'll see you soon. You know, like don't fire them, but just be like, Oh, I hear DreamWorks needs you somewhere else. You know, (laughs) (laughs) brilliant. There we are. So sing two is in cinemas. Now, uh, finally, before we go, it's time for our ever popular game, two truths and a lie. Here we go, baby. Right, Joey. Um, so, as I recall, last show we did two truths and a lie. You got it. You got it wrong, didn't you? I did get it wrong. 
You did. But all is forgotten, all right? Forget about it. I'm not keeping a tally. Uh, I haven't got a, a massive board in my bedroom right now with uh, all your score points on it. So I just <laughs> add that onto there. There we go. Um, but you can redeem yourself, all right? This week, you can really... Before we start having guests back on the show, because I know we've had a lot of interviews, you can have some competition then, but you've got a lot to redeem, all right? And I've okay. made it a little bit easier for you this week, all right? I've, uh, I've made it less challenging, because I know you're, I know you're quite the ability, aren't you, with the two... Oh, thank I'm you joking. very much, I'm joking, Dan. Thank I'm joking. you very much. Oh, what um, would so I do the... without you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, for those who uh, haven't heard us play this game before, I'm going to give Joe three facts. Two are true. One is a lie. Um, and all Joe needs to do is work out which one is the lie. Um, and they are all from this week's releases. Joe, are you ready? I am as ready as I'll ever be. Brilliant. And we're going to do it in the order we reviewed the film. So fact one is all about parallel mothers. So this is fact one. Fact one. Instagram had to apologise after removing the poster for Parallel Mothers that showed a female nipple. The post was later allowed on Instagram because it was deemed to have clear artistic context. Wink, wink. Love that. Okay, Okay, that's your fact one. Fact two. A violent man was shot in just 14 days. He wasn't actually physically shot with a gun. He was, (laughs) the film was shot, you know, just want to clarify that. Yeah. So, fact two, a violent man was shot in just, in just 14 days. And then finally, fact three, Sing 2 was re- was released one day after the first movie's fifth anniversary. So, it's been just over five years since the first Sing movie came out and they decided to release it a day after the fifth anniversary of the first film. So, those are your three facts. Fact one, Instagram had to apologise after removing the poster for Parallel Mother. She had a little nipple in there. Fact two, a violent man was shot in 14 days. Or fact three, Sing 2 was released one day after the first movie's fifth anniversary. Lots of numbers there, very very confused. Um, what are you thinking? So, uh, the first fact I can definitely see as being true. Although you're sneaky, you, you, you do mm, try I'm and throw sneak. me off. Yeah. Um, but I could definitely see that being true just because of the cheeky nature of um, Armadova as, as a filmmaker. And um, why would they have a nipple out though? I guess if they were. Well, why wouldn't they? In. Why would? Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. A nice nipple full of milk or something. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> I could see that being true. I could see the violent man being true as well because, um, like I said, I'm pretty sure it would have been shot over lockdown and you know 14 days sounds about right i think they could have definitely nailed it uh within 14 days now for sing 2 i'm pretty sure it was six years ago it was released because i swear i watched ali plum on uh bbc news yesterday morning and he was talking about Sing 2 and about how, you know, um, it was getting people back in cinemas and things like that. And I swear he said six years. So I'm going on the basis of Ali Plum here. So if I lose this one and say that Sing 2 is the lie, because I think it's six years and not five years, then I'm blaming Ali Plum. And, um, and yeah, I think we should get him on the show so that we can have words with him. So I'm going to go sing to based on Ali Plum's review yesterday. Well, you better start messaging him because it's wrong. Oh, what Ali Plum? You've let me down. Ali Plum! What have you done, Ali Plum? 
Um, yeah, incorrect. It's is true. It, five years, only five yeah. years. I think maybe very late 2016. I don't know how, how that works out. But yeah, a day after the first movie's fifth anniversary, um, the lie was a violent man. Wow. Um, okay. I don't know how long it took. It could be 14 days. It could be five. We just don't know. <laughs> uh, it could be two years. Um, but yeah, it obviously uh, a piece of art like that takes longer than four, 14 days. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, mate, wrong again. I will have to start doing forfeits for you. Like maybe next show you can come in naked. You would love that. You would Maybe absolutely cross. love yeah. it. Yeah, and I and we gotta have a guest that show, and then they, we can all look at you and go, ha ha. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. No, thank it's all right. Much. I'll just turn to him and be like, oh, it's not that small normally. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the mic. I meant the mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course yeah, you did. I yeah. mean, you would know. You would know. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, but don't worry. There's always next time, Joey. Oh, Better, I'm so you annoyed know. at Ali Plum. If you're listening, Ali, I, I know you do listen. If you're listening <laughs> to this show, you're in trouble, mister. Oh, BBC Studios, watch out. That's all we've got time for on today's show. Thank you again to my uh, co-host or host partner in crime, Joey Richards, as always. Thank you again, Joey, for today's show. As always, you can catch up on all of our old episodes on Mixcloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're under the Dan and Joe Film Show on Facebook. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at DJ Film Show. That's at DJ Film Show. And again, thank you to our guest, uh, Craig Fairbrass. And we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye.